Because the truth is, all of us need some of us to make it through this journey at EPWY. So throw them AirPods in, or your Apple headphones with the mic in your ears, get your notebook out, and get ready for your extra course. Black Girl at PWI is starting now, and class is officially in session. Wow, what is up, what is up, what is up, beautiful people? It feels like, and I feel like I say this every week, do you get what I'm saying? But it feels like it's been weeks like it's been months, like it's been years since we've talked, since we've connected, since we've shared airtime, since since we've had like a girl's chat. If you're not a girl, if you're not a black woman, since we've, you know what I'm saying, just caught up, you know, I can catch up with the bros. But it feels like it's been forever since I've kicked it with y'all. If y'all been paying attention, the week after the meet and greet, y'all, Black girl at PWI, aka Breezy, <laughs> needed not even just to take a break, but I needed to, um, for me, give glory back to God, right? So the week after Black girl at PWI meet and greet, um, I just wanted to take some time. You know, it was Holy Week, and I would just want to take some time to honor God because the only reason that event went so well, the only reason it touched the people it touched, the only reason that His Spirit was it was literally over the entire place. The only reason that I stayed up after staying up for 36 to 42 hours going into that night, the only reason it went so well, the only reason the photo shoot was fire, the only reason people showed up truly, I believe, was because of God's glory, right? The only reason we even had a meet and greet was because God gave me black girl at a PWI. And so one thing about me, I used to have a really big head um, prior to God, and then I was very quickly humbled, you know what I'm saying, over a period of time. And so now whenever, um, you know, an event goes well or I get an award or there's anything big going on in which I feel like I'm getting a lot of spotlight, I don't run from it. But what I do is I make sure that God knows that he gets the glory. I try to put him first. Um, I try to focus back my attention. I try not to get caught up in the spotlight um, because it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it, right? The awards, the accolades, the titles, the success of events, it can get old. And I know that probably sounds crazy, but it really can. And so for my personal self, I always try to keep myself humble. I try to keep myself rooted. Um, and most importantly, I try to keep myself, you know, energized. So we're back, y'all. We are back. It is your girl. I can do a formal introduction now. It is your girl, the Brianna Simone, T-H-E-E-B-R-I-A-N-N-A-S-I-M-O-N-E. Or Breezy, two E's, one Z, one Y. You are the no vibes. Your very own host at Black Girl at a PWI. And I have missed y'all so much. If y'all haven't looked at your calendars, please look because that means we are at the end of April, which means we only have like a few more episodes left. And I'm not gonna lie, I want to cry. I do want to cry. Um, I know I'm gonna miss y'all so much when season one ends, but I pray that y'all will be connecting with us through Black Girl PWI on Instagram so we can build up our Instagram and a little TikTok. Okay. But y'all, it has been a week. When I tell y'all, I got I got the tea. I got the tea. So if you checked out, obviously, if you clicked today's episode, you might have just clicked and not looked at the title because you missed me that much. First of all, I miss you as well. But today we're talking about Black self-love hits difference. Do you get what I'm saying? So when SZA first came out, would hit different. With, I think it was SZA's and with Tyler Dollar Sign feature, right? It's like, it hit different, hit different. Hey, different. Hey, different. I'm not gonna sing, but y'all know the vibes. It just hit different, and everybody was like, "Oh, this just hit different. This relationship just hit different. This year just hit 
different. And I'm here, even though the song is probably a year old by now, I'm here to let y'all know that black self-love is different. Do you get what I'm saying? Now, I know over this past season, over the past, you know, six, seven weeks or so, almost every episode I'm talking about self-love, right? We talked about it when it was Valentine's Day. We talked about it when it was finding your community, right? We did a spin of that. Um, But we've just constantly talked about the importance of self-love, the importance of self-care, the importance of prioritizing yourself, the importance of not proving yourself. But I really want to focus in today on kind of a different aspect of that, kind of in the same area though, about Black self-love just hitting different. When I think about Black self-love, I don't think about just self-care. Right. I met I linked up with one of my friends today and um, I was past. I was walking to my car and we were just talking very quickly because it's final season. And she was like, you know, self-care is so overrated. <laughs> she was like, self-care is overrated. She said, um, when it comes to self-care, I feel like people have overused it so much that they don't even know what it means anymore. She was like, you call it self-care. I call it going home, taking my braids out, washing my hair and laying down, right? You call it self-care. I call it just taking care of myself. And I I know that might not sound intelligent or like an intellectual statement to many of y'all, but to me, it made perfect sense. Because I feel like self-care has been industrialized. It has been this big complex in which everyone has um, a self-care idea, self-care video, a self-care topic, a self-care. Everything's just so self-care that much of the stuff that's going on in the videos don't even really be caring for self for real. Because we're stressing ourselves out so much just to create that we haven't even poured into ourselves. And so when she said that, she was like, you call it self-care, I call it taking care of myself. I felt that. Because to be very honest, sometimes taking care of myself means not posting. Sometimes taking care of myself means not showing everybody the raw and uncut parts of me. Sometimes taking care of myself means looking a mess because I just deserve to not feel like I have to wake up and prove something to everyone with makeup and a full face of uh, a fresh bead and fresh clothes. You know what I'm saying? Y'all call it self-care. She calls it, but now I'm about to start calling it taking, I call it taking care of myself. But even as it relates to Black self-love, I would say the same thing. When it relates to Black self-love hitting different, I would say you call it um, self-care or you call it um, putting yourself first or whatever. I I just call it Black self-love. And I say Black self-love instead of just self-love because I feel like self-love is (laughs) self-love. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you call it Black, uh, you call it self-love and I call it Black self-love. Because I think it looks different, to be very honest. And this isn't to say that individuals who are non-Black do not experience or encounter self-love. I'm just solely saying that you call it self-love. Whereas Black self-love, as it relates to me and myself, I can't speak for anybody else, but Black self-love to me means I love myself. I prioritize myself. I appreciate myself. I give grace to myself as a human being, Right? but also as a black woman in America at a PWI. Does that make sense? So self-love on its head can just be pouring into yourself. It can be um, loving yourself unconditionally and radically. And I think that's very true. Black self-love is where the very love that you have for yourself is unconventional. 
it's many times unexpected. Sometimes it's even talked against and pushed against. But most importantly, it's the most radical thing that you could ever have in a world that tells you that you should not love yourself, but rather you should die to yourself so that others can live. When we talk about being in a predominantly white institution, whether that's a school, whether that's a predominantly white space, a workspace, whether that is America, which is in and of itself a predominantly white society, um, we can many times feel like black self-love isn't number one, appreciated, number two, highlighted, number three, celebrated, but number four, like it's not a thing. And so in this episode, I want to talk about the fact that it is. As Black folks, but more specifically as Black women, we exist in a space, in a community, um, predominantly white community rather, um, in a predominantly white society in which loving ourselves is not popular Loving ourselves boldly enough to where we do not care what folks have to say about our hair, what folks have to say about our accent, what folks have to say about our skin complexion, what folks have to say about, you know, our dark marks and our elbows and on our knees, what folks have to say about our body, what folks have to say about our slang and our ebonics, what folks have to say about how high pitched or how low our voice is, how we show up in a room and how we don't show up in a room, where it doesn't matter because we love ourselves enough that we're not willing to diminish ourselves. Black self-love comes with putting myself first, not to the point where I diminish who you are, but I stand so firmly in my truth that if you thought you were going to move me with black self-hate or, or black hate, you're not. It's like this, this major force of energy, this relentless, if you will, force of you can deal with it. You can get with it, but either way, you're going to have to face it. Does that make sense? If you at the black girl meet and greet, black girl at a PWI meet and greet, then you heard my mom say something. If you weren't at the black girl at a PWI meet and greet, then you didn't hear Jenny P say anything. So I'm going to tell you, she was speaking to showing up in predominantly white spaces in corporate America for herself. When for years she would adapt to society's beauty standards, which were per usual catered to white women. And it got to a point in her life where she just stopped. She stopped showing up how everybody wanted her to show up. And she started showing up as herself. And one particular moment that she spoke to was one day she wore her natural hair out, curls everywhere. And she had this bright, hot pink streak of hair going through like her entire head like it was it was it was everywhere the hair was everywhere already the 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 straight the straightener the flat iron was not present okay it was just curls and through them curls on top of that that them black naps amen was just this hot pink streak and she said she ran into a boss that day and her boss was like oh hello she was like hello and went on about her day. And to many, that doesn't seem like self-love. To many, it's like, oh, okay. You're just unapologetic. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? That's just badass. And yes to both of those things. But as a black woman, 
in a society that tells you, no, we don't do that. Maybe even from a black community that tells you, hey, you fall in line, you adapt to society standards as a black woman to come into a corporate America office in a time where beauty standards were not being pushed forward or they weren't being pushed to include black women or to include the black experience in the national in a natural state. Right. To do that in just a simple way where you're face to face with your boss and you're like, hey. I know you see me, see you, see me. And I'm still showing up and I'm still unapologetic in my hair and I'm still unapologetic in my walk and I'm still unapologetic in my talk. That hits different. I'm very passionate even about young black girls, young black children, but especially young black girls. Because when I think about the black woman like me, the black woman, like the folks who are listening to this to this podcast and to this episode, the black women who support Black Girl at a PWI, when I think about us, I think about how much more those young black girls who will listen to this or who will see us or who are in our families, how they look up to us and they're like, that hits different. That's really what I aspire. When I think about my black daughters, um, whether that's spiritual, physical, God daughters, whatever, I make up in my mind regularly that I want them to be able to look at Aunt Brie, look at Cousin Brie, to look at, you know, God mom, to look at mom, to look at spiritual mom, whatever, to look at cousin, you know, friend of a family. I don't care, but I, I aspire for them to look at me and to say, yo, her black self-love hits different. It hits different for me, right? Where it doesn't become the standard to be copied. But that folks realize that there is a particular power in loving yourself so much that in a society that tells you not to, that you still show up fully you without stepping down in the face of hate or stepping down in the face of disregard or even stepping down in the face of persecution. Because we've watched it over and over over the years, but more specifically within the, the past two years, Black women be targeted for their hair for their skin complexion, for their ebonics, for the way they talk, for the way they show up, for the way they look. And so as a black woman, to look in the mirror and to say, I love all of me, but then to look inside and say, I love all of me as well. And I love myself so much that I'm not willing to limit myself when I go outside, but rather everything that I have inside, you're going to get on the outside. All this black self-love that I have inside of me that tells myself to push back against stereotypes, you're going to feel it on the outside. Every um, ounce of uh, doubt that I had about myself because I was a loud, audacious black woman in a small community, you're going to get it on the outside. You're going to get it on Capitol Hill. You're going to get it in the White House. You're going to get it at this university and this university and any other space you put me in because I'm not willing to diminish myself because you don't understand you. No, black self-love hits different. It just does. When I think about myself and I look at what I've been through over the past 15 years, I'm amazed by how I've grown. And when I think about myself as a 10-year-old, 
I think back to the black woman that I saw in my life and outside of my mom and a couple of other folks within my family, many of them were conforming to societal standards, many societal standards, which were geared towards white folks and more specifically white women. And so as a result, and this is no bash to my family in any way, shape, form or capacity, because I know many others can relate. And to a degree, it's not even our fault. But as a result, I watched a lot of black women in my family, around my family, in my area, within my hometown, diminish themselves in the face of whiteness because they felt like their blackness was a a, a Passover trait, if that makes sense, right? They felt that their blackness was just a back end trait, like it was the bottom of the barrel, like it was terrible to be dark skinned like it was terrible to have dark marks on our elbows and on our knees because we played in the mud and played in the dirt as a child that it was terrible to have hair that if you try to run your fingers through it that it would get stuck that it was terrible to have freckles on our face that was darker than our complexion or might have blended in it was hurtful to then get older and to look back at these same black women And be in the same community with them, sharing the same space and them telling me that I'm too black for society, that I'm too black for my predominantly white institution, that I'm too black for success. And as a result, that I would have to dumb that down if I wanted to be a woman of purpose, if I wanted to be a woman of impact. So when I think back to moments like that, And I'm standing in the woman that I currently am, the unapologetic black woman that I currently am. There's something in me that constantly says that black self-love just hits different, especially when you know where you came from, where you maybe didn't come from a group or community of black women who truly loved the, the fact that they were black women who truly love themselves, who truly love their voices and love the thunder in their passion or loved how prominent they could be in a predominantly white space. It's different when you know what you come from. It's also different when you know what you live around. When you live in a predominantly white space, in a predominantly white community, or when you attend a predominantly white institution, what it can feel like many times is that As we've talked about, you have to dumb yourself down. You have to quiet down your blackness as if there is a way to do that successfully and not still be black. And so knowing what you come from, knowing, you know, that me, myself and I, I come from, you know, an environment that doesn't really uh, cater to or comfort black women with black women included in creating that environment. And then that I currently live in an environment made up of folks who are not black, but also try to gaze upon me as if I am um, the wrongful exception rather than the rightful exception of what beauty and what uh, boisterousness and what unapologetic love looks like, it can be a, a hard tug of tug of war, hard push and pull of purpose and calling and just being unapologetically me in every space. When you know what you come from and you know what you live in, it can be hard to say that Black self-love hits different. And yet, For me, myself, and I, again, I don't second guess it. There are some moments, many moments that I come across in which it can be especially easy 
to say black self-love hits different in a bad way. (laughs) Because if we're honest, I said the other day to my friend, healing is not easy. Anybody who says healing is easy and that it's fun is a liar, straight up. And I say the same thing with self-care. I say the same thing with self-love. Anyone who says that black self-love or even just self-love in general is easy and that it's always fun is lying. Because black self-love means that I have to show up and be criticized because of how much I love myself, because the others in this community, the others in this arena don't love themselves enough. That's not easy to do. And to be very honest, because this black guy at PWI, we try to be hot, humble, open, and transparent, just like Pastor Mike Todd. To be honest, sometimes I don't be feeling like it. I don't be feeling like wearing my support black college's shirt or my hoodie in a predominantly white space because I don't want to hear about what folks think. I don't want to show up and and know that I'm going to be critiqued in a space that gets tiring. It gets irritating. It gets exhausting. Feeling like you have to prove yourself in a group of folks who really don't care about you either which way it goes. Black self-love is different in the sense where I don't always want to show up loving myself to the point where everybody else can see it and can take advantage of it because black self-love comes with being vulnerable and so with black self-love hidden different that also means that when I get into some spaces which I really don't want to be vulnerable I still have to be vulnerable with myself and potentially even put myself at risk for how hard I love how hard I love black folks and how hard I love myself in an arena or in an area of folks who are not black Black self-love hits different because it may mean that you are the first black woman in your family who doesn't try to burn her hair or relax her hair just to fit in with white folks, but rather she wears her hair curly. She goes back to her roots. She knows the ancestors she came from, and she makes sure to raise her kids on love and on uh, beauty that is based on who they are and embraces the color of their skin and the kinkiness of their hair instead of trying to act like we are anybody else that we currently are. That hits different to be the first. It hits different to be vulnerable. It hits different to be critiqued. So when I say black self-love hits different, I'm not talking about it's always easy. To be very honest, I've known nothing to be black in America and be easy. (laughs) The black struggle, black love, black self-love, black history. There's always a particular wrestling that comes with something regarding black folks in America. And so as a result, I I charge it to the game when black self-love hits different in a bad way. And I reflect on how much power and goodness that Black self-love and Black love and Blackness brings already. We embrace Black history. We embrace Black culture. We embrace Black love. We also have to embrace Black self-love. Because to be very honest, Black self-love is the very crutch of our community. It can't be hate. It can't be racism. It can't be white supremacy. 
Those things cannot sustain the foundation of the black community. It has to be love. And on top of that has to be black self-love. Because if you don't love your black self, then how are you going to love my black self? And if we don't love each other's black selves, how are we going to build a black community built on love? And if we don't build a black community built on love, how are we going to advocate for anyone else to love us when we don't even love us? Black self-love is the very root to our existence here in America, but also in any predominantly white space in which you may exist as the only black person, and more specifically, the only black woman. Black self-love is different because it's essential. When I think about myself, and I think about what I've been going through and what I've gone through um, over the past few years, I've always felt this tug of war between who I was and, and who I was becoming. I call this thing becoming woman. Sarah Jakes Roberts talks about it a lot, right? But I've embraced it fully as if it's my own because, you know, we, we all becoming in some way, shape or form. Last year on my Instagram page, at the Brianna Simone, if you don't follow it, you should. But on my Instagram page last year, I believe it was July or something like that, I posted, I said, I have never in my life seen this woman that I'm now becoming. And in the caption, I was just raving on about how I could see myself accomplishing big things, how I could see myself loving myself fully, how I could see myself being loved fully by someone else, how I could see myself being surrounded by people who love me, how I could see myself being in a community of believers, how I could see myself being in a a boisterous and embracing community of black folks, how I could see myself just dwelling in the place of purpose and becoming woman and knowing my calling and walking in that. And now on April 25th, when I think about my birthday being yesterday, shout out to your girl who's 22, big 22, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I think about my birthday yesterday, I remember there's one thing that I told my dad and that was, I just want to be happy. I let him plan my birthday party. And so he did like a big brunch. Now I did do the Pinterest board and I did do the Google Docs, which told him where I wanted the balloons, where I wanted the flowers, where I wanted the backdrop, who I wanted there, what food I wanted there. You know what I'm saying? I planned it. You get me saying? But he put it, he put it to action because I, I won't go and do that on my birthday. And he asked me about it. He was like, well, leading up to it, how do you feel? And I was like, I just want to be happy. I have the joy of Christ within me. So trust me, even when I'm not happy, even when my feelings are all over the place, I am joyful. But on my birthday, I just wanted to be happy. Do you get what I'm saying? I just wanted to smile and to mean it. I wanted to laugh and and not feel like I had to contain it. I wanted to like bend over, touching the ground, laughing. I wanted to dance without fear for the future. I wanted to live in the now and make memories in the now. I wanted to take pictures with the Polaroid camera and shake it, just like they said. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to take pictures of it and post it on Instagram for others to see that I enjoyed my day so much. Um, I just wanted to be happy. And now that I'm, you know, roughly a day past the 25th, I think about that in terms of just becoming. That last year I said that I wanted to see, that I could see the woman that I was becoming. But this year now, as you listen to my voice, 
I want to share with you since we family that I feel the woman that I've become. And now I hear (laughs) the woman that I've become and the woman that I will become. If you notice, Blacker at a PWI has kind of, it's not a mission statement just yet, but it's three things, three key words. Seen, heard, and felt. It's on the back of the Black Rider PWI shirt. Shout out you if you got one. But it's also in the bio talking about you are seen, you are heard, and you are felt. And I wrote that not even realizing that I was that Black woman who needed to hear that. I wrote that, obviously, months ago when we first started Black Rider PWI, when we first launched the Instagram page. But now, I don't know if I'm just now feeling it how y'all been feeling it, but I felt that. I felt seen. I could see the woman I was becoming. I felt heard and I'm I'm still hearing and I'm still hearing the woman that I'm supposed to become. But I feel, I feel felt by my community, by the people around me. But I feel myself as the woman that I'm supposed to become. I'm not just looking at a picture and saying, oh, I wonder what I'm going to look like in two years. No, I am her. That's a different type of feeling. But I couldn't have gotten here, one, without God, but two, without Black self-love. Because growing up in predominantly white environments, growing up in predominantly white institutions from um, first grade, kindergarten to now, and now post-grad, it's like there's no way I would have been able to become this woman that I am without it. Because it was Black self-love that when I felt like I was getting picked on and nobody would do it to my face, but I would always hear behind my back when I felt like I was getting picked on, when I felt like I was less than in the classroom. Black self-love is what helped me look myself in that mirror and say that I am beautiful and I'm beautiful, especially because I'm black. Black self-love is what drove me to educate myself on black history when I was in a curriculum and in a school that did not teach black history according to what really happened, but more so according to what white folks said happened in response to their injustice against black people. That changed everything. It became the root of my action. It became the root of my advocacy. It became the root of my heart for justice. Black self-love is what taught me how to love on others without asking for anything in return. One could say that that's a little bad to not have boundaries in terms of love, but I've experienced a love that has been boundless through God. And so as a result, when it comes to black folks, I just can't help but to give it out. Black self-love drove me to that. And knowing how badly I was picked on and knowing how people looked at me and knowing how people talked down on me and knowing how even my own community judged me, it was so easy to give love up because I never received it. But when I did, I held on to it. Black self-love is what got me there. Black self-love is what led me to Black Rad at PWI, what led me to become one in, in undergrad but also what has led me to attach myself to other Black women at PWIs who are going through the same thing, who feel like it's appropriate to question themselves when they're in white spaces. Black women at a PWI who feel like they have nothing to bring to the table because everything that they bring is for somebody else and nothing for them. I attach myself to Black women at PWIs who question their worth in rooms with other white folks because they feel like they were never validated in their childhood as Black women. 
I'm talking about black self-love drove me to this very group and as a result drove me to even create this podcast. Without black self-love, I would have never became. I would have never seen the woman I was to become. I would have never even started to hear the woman that I was become. Black self-love can do wonders in our lives. And I hope this doesn't sound repetitive to what I've been saying in the past few episodes. And if it does, maybe that's a clue that you should go back and listen to those again. When we're talking about black self-love being the foundation, it's the foundation for our community, but it's also the foundation for, dare I say, our purpose, right? God ain't make a mistake when he made you black. That was intentional. It won't be your identity in heaven if you believe, but it was intentional for this earth. And so when you exist in a society, when you exist in a world, when you exist in a space or whatever else that threatens the very existence of you, that is intimidated by your very presence, who questions whether or not you bring anything to the table because they know that when you show up, they blow you blow them out the water. When you live in a society like that, that has guns pointed at you figuratively and literally at every way, shape, and turn, it's inappropriate for you not to have black self-love because that's what ends up being your armor. Being able To say to yourself, I love you. When the world says, I hate you, that's black self-love as an armor. It hits different. It hits different when the hate of the world can't penetrate your black self-love. It hits different. It hits different even when people who leave comments and people in your own community are attacking you because they haven't embraced who they are, doesn't even really penetrate you or touch you or mess up how you think about yourself because you have the armor of black self-love it hits different to know that you are protected not by what others say but who you say that you are based on who god has created you to be to align yourself with a creation like that to align yourself with an identity like that hits different so when you are choosing to love yourself You're not just choosing to love yourself on the outside. And that's so important to talk about. Again, we talked about the Black Girl, the Peter, our meet and greet, but we talked about you got to do more than just talking about it. You have to. Black self-love is different because you have to mean it. It forces you to mean it. Because adversity is going to come on the outside, but adversity is also going to come in your mind. There are going to be moments in which nobody has to say that, oh, you're the loud black girl because your mind is telling you it. There's going to come moments where you're telling yourself, oh, I do have to carry them because I'm a strong black woman in America. And then you wonder why you're, you're crumbling under the pressure. Nobody else had to say it because you said it to yourself. So yes, adversity is going to come on the outside, but it's also going to come on the inside. And so it was going to be so important for you, black woman, black person, but black woman, black girl, the PWI listen to, listening to this is going to be so important for you, sis, 
to understand that that black self-love that you have on the outside that you post, you got it in your bio, you probably got it tatted on you, you probably got it on your TikToks, you probably got it when you argue with black men, you probably got it when you argue with anybody, you got all the facts behind you. But when it comes to believing in and of yourself, that you care about yourself, that you are patient with yourself, that you extend grace to yourself, that you love yourself, that you are long-suffering with yourself, that you are bearing weight with yourself, that you are patient, that you are kind, that you are gentle with yourself. When it comes to all of those different things, and yes, I might have named a couple things twice. When it comes to those different things, you have to ask yourself. Nobody else can ask you. Do I love myself with black self-love? Is my self-love rooted on survival or is it rooted on thriving? Because, you know, here at Black Girl at a PWI, we don't believe in just surviving in predominantly white spaces. Black Girl at a PWI was created so that you could thrive in predominantly white spaces as if you were the only black girl to ever exist in this world, okay? Unapologetically black, unapologetically black girl, unapologetically loud, unapologetically quiet, just unapologetically black, whatever that looks like for you. But that means being honest with where you are because you can't thrive what you're faking. You can try, but it won't be authentic. So when it comes to Black Girl to PWI, when it comes to Black self-love, you got to ask yourself the tough questions because we going to do it. But after you log off Black Girl at PWI, after you get off our Instagram, you still got to wrestle with these very questions and ask yourself and then answer, do I love myself with Black self-love or is my self-love rooted on survival? Do I really believe that I've only been called to survive in this world as a black woman, carrying the weight of everybody else, but not having anything for me? I'm going to be very honest, y'all. A lot of us, especially as black women, believe that. We might talk about stereotypes and the stereotypes of society that America especially has for black women, but sometimes we uphold it for America that they don't have to say it twice. Sometimes we uphold black self-hate within predominantly white spaces that they don't have to say nothing to us. And sometimes we might even take that as they like us just because they ain't saying it. Whole time, the only reason they ain't calling us nothing is because we calling ourselves something. When it comes to black self-love, you have to question, are you your greatest enemy? My friend asked me today, oddly enough, but not oddly enough at all. He said, are you hard on yourself? And it was a rhetorical question because obviously, like, obviously I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have to, we don't have to explain it. We don't have to ask rhetorical questions. Obviously, I'm hard on myself. I'm a black woman in America. Obviously, I'm hard on myself. I'm a black leader in a predominantly white space. Obviously, I'm hard on myself. God has me going to two predominantly white institutions again, two at the same time. Obviously, I'm hard on myself. I got a heavy purpose. I have a heavy calling. Obviously, I'm hard on myself. So you ask a, a returning question. Why are you so hard on yourself? Why don't you extend the same grace that you ask of others to extend to you, to yourself? And I'm not going to lie. I love black men, but when they do stuff like this, I be like, was this necessary? You in my business? Don't do that. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, but when he asked me, I had to reflect. 
I had to ask myself, why is it that I can verbalize the fact that I need grace? And trust me, I verbalize it. I post it. I put it on my story. I repost stuff like I want to be a soft woman. I don't want to be hard. And then when it comes behind closed doors, when it comes to me talking to me, I'm like, girl, suck it up. Girl, get together. Girl, why are you crying? Girl, why are you texting that person? Why why are you But does black self-love not ask me not to do that? Doesn't black self-love ask me to be gentle, patient, and kind with myself? If it's self-love, then before you give it out, you got to have it within, right? So when it comes to black self-love hitting different, it does. It does hit different. And to be very honest, there's no doubt about it. Being a black woman in America, black self-love is the foundation of our very essence because we have to choose us when others don't choose us. And we have to do it not out of spite, but if out of comfort and out of thriving. We choose love out of love, not love out of desperation. So when it comes to us and our everyday and being in predominantly white spaces, being in predominantly white environments, when it comes to black self-love, we're choosing the radical route. And most importantly, we're choosing the right route. And I need y'all to know that. I need y'all to get that. Black self-love isn't just something we're throwing around just for the hell of it. We ain't just talking about self-love and then putting black in front of it. No, something different happens with black self-love. It feels different. It looks different. It touches people differently. Because we say, you threw us in an environment in which you try to force me to survive. And instead of surviving, I'm going to love myself so much that is going to be so radical because it's going to push against your stereotypes, it's going to break the glass ceiling, and then on top of that, it's going to rebuild an entire place in which I can abide in and feel safe, feel whole, and feel seen, heard, and felt. And I'm going to do that all in the presence of your hate. I'm going to do that all in the presence of your stereotypes. I'm going to do that all in the presence of your oppression. I'm going to do that all in the presence of your disregard and your disgrace. I'm going to do that all in the presence of white supremacy. I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to be unapologetically black. I'm going to love myself so much that it makes you uncomfortable. I'm going to love myself so much that it makes my generations past uh, be proud of me. I'm going to love myself so much that it makes the generations after me be healed because of me. I'm going to love myself with black self-love. Why? Because black self-love hits different. If you don't do it for you, if you don't embrace black self-love for you. Shoot, if you don't embrace black self-love for your mama, your grandmama, your aunts, your cousins, I'm begging you. As a woman who believes and is committed to legacy and a purpose that lies generations after me, I'm begging you, if you don't do it for you, and the people who came before you, please choose black self-love for the people who are coming after you. Because if you think that we had it rough, which we did, and if you think your mama and your mama's mama and your mama's 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 mama had it rough, then I just want you for a second to think about the kids who are coming after you, the young black women who are coming after you. 
who may have to mess around and redo all the self-hate that you've spoken to yourself because you didn't choose Black self-love. Meanwhile, still fighting the battles that we might not have fought. I know how it felt like for it to be us having to undo stuff from our moms and our mama's moms and everybody else. Having to undo and fight against internal hate from the people who came before us. All while doing that and wrestling with white supremacists and racism and oppression and injustice at this very age. It ain't easy. It ain't fun. So when you think about black self-love and you're wrestling between do you just want to survive or do you just want to thrive? I pray and I hope that you would choose for black self-love to hit different for you so that it can hit different for the people who come after us. When I think about black self-love, I think about this podcast. And most importantly, when I think about black self-love, I think about this listener, whoever you are, whether you're a black woman, whether you're black at all, really. (laughs) But if you're a black person, no matter what type of black person you are, what type of group you belong to or whatever, when I think of black self-love, about black self-love, I, I think about the folks listening to this podcast because you bask in it every time you hear me talk. Even when I'm wrestling, even when I'm trying to figure out better ways to love myself, to extend grace to myself, to show up for myself. I record with black self-love. I pour it out on every little wave of audio that I'm looking at right now. I'm pouring it out. When I take breaths in between, I'm trying to give you space to sit in it. When I laugh, I'm trying to give you the comfort to dwell in it. When I ask questions, I'm trying to get you to answer questions so that you can embrace it. Black self-love is the very essence of Black Girl at a PWI, but it's also what you sit in every time you listen to Black Girl at a PWI drop another podcast episode. So in this episode specifically, I hope you know Black self-love is different. It just is different. We're the scissor and tie dollar sign. And I hope that you embrace it. And most importantly, I hope that you stop running from it so that you can actually thrive instead of just surviving in these predominantly white spaces. Because you deserve more. And if Black Girl at PWI hasn't told you enough, you are seen, you are heard, and you are felt. So I hope you leave with that. I don't know about y'all, but here at UMW, it's finals. Or rather, yeah, it's finals. Daggone. <laughs> it's finals and your girl, Breezy, the Don, I graduate May 7th. And if there's nothing else that I can tell somebody who might go to UMW and who's only listening because I still go to UMW at this point in time, it's to choose Black self-love before all else. It's to choose you. Because the moment you start choosing you, you stop getting mad at the fact that everybody else ain't choosing you. And you just go to the people who are choosing you. And you love unconditionally to the people who don't even choose you, but need to experience love for themselves. It just hits different. And for the folks who are not in finals, who are not about to graduate like me, who do not go to UMW, and who are like, girl, why you always shouting them out? I want to shout you out too, sis. Because I believe that somebody listening to this is the first in their family who is actually going to learn to love themselves in a way that doesn't come at the expense of their body, doesn't come at the expense of their mental health, and doesn't come at the expense of their own pocketbook as well. 
I pray that you experience black self-love in a way that literally transforms your entire experience being in a predominantly white spaces where you choose you when you don't second guess it. And when you choose you, you don't think you're being selfish. Black self-love is different. I could say it 30 times, so I'm going to go ahead and let y'all have the rest of y'all time and whatever you're doing today. But please know that black self-love is different. And most importantly, or maybe not most importantly, but equally important, I love you so much. I'm proud of you. You're doing amazing things. You're going to conquer the world and you're going to leave your impact, especially with black self-love being the center of your focus, understanding that until you can love yourself, loving others will be a bit of a struggle. But you got this and I believe in you. I can't wait to chat with y'all coming up. We only got a couple more episodes left. But we're going to end strong. We're going to turn up on the Instagram. We're going to turn up in the comments. Make sure you share this with somebody else. Make sure y'all also follow Black Girl at PWI at Black Girl PWI on Instagram. And you make sure you tune into our TikToks, which will be posted on our Instagram as well. I can't wait to talk to y'all. Y'all have a beautiful rest of your week or whenever you're listening to this message. Breezy is out. Now, class is out, but that don't mean you should be going ghost, okay? If you like today's discussion or want to keep it going, follow us on Instagram at blackgirlpwi and keep talking at talk. Also, don't forget to check out our portal for scholarships, financial aid tips, mental health, and motivation some days. This is Breezy signing out. Take care of yourself and keep showing up, sis.